Welcome, this is Voice of Change, a syndicated radio broadcast and podcast airing since 2011. Voice of Change is committed to raising the leader in you. And because time is the unit of life, I assure you that the next few minutes you have decided to invest in your own leadership journey will be rewarded with a definite paradigm shift. Stay with me on Voice of Change. Last week, we started on leadership lessons from architecture. We continue this week on that same path, learning about leadership from my own profession. I am an architect. I have practiced for over three decades. I am extremely passionate about what I do. I love being an architect. I have designed over 114 buildings and my monograph, New Heritage, which is available on Amazon, is the first work of its kind by a black or African architect published by Rizzoli, the world's leading publishers of architecture, art and design. I say this because I realize that a lot of people struggle to understand that I am a polymath and I have various expressions one of the prime ones being practicing as an architect. I've had talk of, oh no, she doesn't practice, she's a speaker. <laughs> I know the battle with those who say that is because the struggle to understand how someone can do several things at once with the outcomes that we have. Leadership lessons from architecture. We'll be back right after this break. Subscribe to Voice of Change Podcast today on iTunes and Spotify and don't miss a single episode. Welcome back to Voice of Change. I'm your host, Olaju Adinawa, and you can reach me on Instagram at Jumoke Adinawa. I said last week that architects were called architectons and they were master builders. Let us go back to history to see the amazing roles that architects played in antiquity and understand how these remarkable people are leaders. Harvard Business School published an article once listing the world's most difficult courses. As I expected, architecture was number one. Now, I'm not saying this so my listener can beef me or feel envious about architects or think I'm blowing the trumpets for architects. First, it's rare to find a truly good architect. But being an architect is being a scientist and an artist at once. Again, a trait of a leader. A good leader is not monodimensional. A good leader can say, oh, I studied English language and therefore I'm not numerical and therefore I don't understand percentages. A good leader must be able to understand all the data that is presented with. A good leader cannot say, I studied mathematics, therefore this English is a bit too tough for me. When he's reading reports from his subordinates? No. A good leader is intelligent. Intelligent. Having a foundation of robust knowledge and having the skills to engage learning in such a way that they can build on a foundation of strong knowledge. I asked some architects today if they knew about the Holocaust and alas, they didn't even know what the Holocaust was. I'm talking about graduates. I thought I was teasing. 
as I alluded to one of my personal assistants 15 years ago who did not know what the Holocaust was. But they shocked me by letting me know they didn't know what the Holocaust was. While a war rages between Palestine and Israel, true leaders have a base of robust knowledge. We are looking at the various ways in which architects were described in antiquity and which, to a large extent, still subsist. Herodotus and Plutarch both used the Greek word architecton to depict an architect because of his numerous responsibilities. When I see people give up in their pursuit of excellence in execution, I shake my head. Because I think of what it means to be an architect. And as I supervise buildings, there are millions, literally millions, of things that could go wrong in a building. Starting from structural issues, to the last detail, the last socket, to the color of the paint. All which, in one way or the other, falls within the architect's purview, even if it's not the architect's liability. So we're in a position where we oversee works for which we may not be liable but which lies under our ambit. A good architect is trained to see what is wrong in any given space or design. Therefore, when I meet people who cannot take feedback, who must have four times the praise for one correction that they receive, I know that they cannot stand being architects. If you get 2,000 things right about a design and get one thing wrong, there is a system called a snag list by which when architects inspect a building, if it's only one wrong thing, we note it. We don't begin to celebrate how beautiful the other 2,000 things were. No, we go for the one wrong thing and make sure it's eradicated. That is what good architects do. Good architects don't say, oh, we're in Africa. Oh, we're in Nigeria. You know the workmen, what they are like. Manage it. It is good. No. We go for world-class excellence. And if the outcome falls below world-class excellence, it is snagged. Thetu used the word architecton to depict a ruler or workman who contributed his knowledge specifically to a construction project. However, this architecton was not among the workmen themselves, but it was a project manager or the leader of the work. The architect is always the leader. However, as a good leader, he must have empathy. So I come on sites and work has been done wrongly, even as I ask the contractor to bring down the work that he did wrongly. I empathize with him because I know money is lost. I empathize with him because I know work hours are lost, which is why I make sure he gets the drawings on time and he gets all the supervision he needs. So he shouldn't make that mistake. But if that mistake is made, I have the authority to say, correct it. But because I have the task to drop the plans and give instructions to the workers on how to build, because I'm the leader, I also have empathy. I do not lord it over the workmen or the contractor who leads the workmen. I lead with empathy, but I still hold out for my client to ensure that whatever project I'm put in charge of gives the client an outcome that is beyond their imagination. That is what a leader of a community, a leader of a people, a leader of a country, to shall do. Yes, you do not condone less than satisfactory outcomes 
from your subordinates and the citizenry, but you empathize. You realize how tough it is. You realize the constraints of the ecosystem under which they labor to produce. You empathize. You know what wages you are paying them and what outcomes you can expect because of those wages. You know. Because on a construction site, those who are paid the lowest wages in the world are usually there. You know what you can demand of them. You know you need to pay them first. Why? Because they are one paycheck away from hunger. So you don't leave their wages unpaid and then pay the people who are already been... You don't leave the minimum wage untouched and begin to adjust the salaries of those who are already paid and we are not sure what they produce for the country. An architect is empathetic. Plato and Euripides, described as an architect turned to picture a masterful organizer or manager of large projects. Herein lies a huge part of what an architect does, the sheer size of the ventures that an architect embarks on. The sheer size demands large budgets, demands large teams, demands different moving parts. It also means that in this space, corrupt entities try and play. Corrupt client representatives, corrupt representatives of the people, of the government, people who represent themselves are not the people. Who think construction architecture? Who think construction is the place to siphon funds? It's a well-known joke all over the world that one of the best projects to siphon money through is a stadium. Why? It's a roof. A roof with seats and a foundation. So we know when random stadia are built in different areas for no reason, a good architect understands what is going on. A good architect has integrity. Some collude and are well known to collude with certain contractors, even in contemporary times. Because of legacy, a good architect keeps their integrity and thinks beyond the project that is at hand, thinks of their reputation. A good leader, because of legacy, thinks beyond the current decision, the current bribe is being offered and thinks of their legacy. The parallels with exemplary leaders are so clear because an exemplary leader driven by purpose must provide vision to his followers guide them and lead them from the beginning to the end of any project any endeavor any political term and see that the whole endeavor the building of the institution the four years political term Leadership of the organization as CEO. Whatever endeavor he or she has identified is carried out excellently and flawlessly. It's time for change.